Welcome back, everyone, to episode 40 of Two Guys Zero Planners. Um, it's been a while, but we're back. Hey, Urban, how you doing? Yeah, it's been a couple of interesting days, but now I'm sitting here talking to you and drinking, I don't know how to explain this in English, spiked mild wine. So mild wine with more alcohol, alcohol in it. So I think I'll, I'll do better and better as the podcast goes on. Well, I am uh, drinking water spiked with um, Select Start pre-workout powder, courtesy of Michael, formerly of BYOB. The difference is it's 5 p.m. where I am and it's like 10 a.m. where you are, right? Yeah, and you're coming off of a work day and I'm going into a work day, so that is definitely a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, uh, to those listening, I promise this is actually a new episode. Your podcast player is not freaking out on you. Um, which, by the way, there's a reason for that. Our former podcast provider or podcast hosting service has been trying to migrate me off of the legacy plan that we've been on for forever. And I essentially gave them the middle finger. <laughs> the bad part, though, they did not make transferring easy, so I had to do everything by hand. So for everyone that got notifications that old episodes were suddenly new again, that's kind of why. I think people joked... Uh, in Slack about other podcasts doing it, I don't know, every month or so. So I guess doing it once is fine. Yeah, I mean, the fact that podcasting is still built around the archaic RSS system, it's a good system. It works, obviously. We're still using it. You would think that there would be something better that would make migrating a lot easier to do, or at least podcast hosting services wouldn't be jerk faces about like holding your stuff hostage when you want to leave. Yeah, maybe we can talk about it afterwards, but I think it it also depends on how you set it up. But yeah, <laughs> a la cu set custom <laughs> domain and not hosting it on their subdomain and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> that that was that was strike number one against me. I did everything from the start right against them, and I should have hosted it on my own stuff to begin with. But we learn, we learn, and that is. Um, that that will be a mistake that won't be made going forward. So, yeah, hopefully no more feed migrations. Now that I've complained about how you did it, I will have to report back one when I do it for FPC. <laughs> because we are on the same service and I want to migrate away as well. And maybe I run the same issues. So when FPC makes its triumphant return, do I get to um, mix and master that podcast too? Maybe that would be a good idea, yes. Which, um, for those that don't know, I actually offer podcast mixing and mastering services and editing services, but most people prefer to put edit notes themselves, so mainly mixing and mastering. Urban has a really cool tech podcast called Expanding Beyond. I've been doing the last couple mixes of that, and it's it's actually been fun. You and Monica have a uh, a really good dynamic with each other. I think you play off of each other quite well. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun to record. And I think we met in person maybe once, and that was a few years ago. <laughs> so we got extremely lucky that that worked out. I love recording it, but doing the editing afterwards is just, that's the bit I don't like. I mean, it, it can, editing for anything can be a little bit tedious, especially like with our podcast. How many times have I said like or um that are going to be cut because you know how I go about and edit these things? Yeah, and even I, who who is not that picky, it's still a lot of work. Yeah, yeah I mean, you give me edit notes for your show, and 
there's more that ends up getting cut just because I'm like, nope, mm. nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I give you like, if there's five to 10 minutes that need to go, that's something you can't even know, right? Uh, but sort of the details, the ums. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. And I mean, that's hey, that la- that last three minutes you had me cut, that was, that was literally it out of an entire episode. I mean, that was not bad at all. But yeah, I mean, if you've got a podcast and you're starting to feel like the editing process is kind of dragging you down, head on over to Yevgeny.com and take a look at the services that are offered and let's let's talk. I can help keep that podcast going so you don't get burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. The more podcasts, the better. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've been working as a mixing and mastering engineer since 2007, so I might as well put those skills to work somehow, even though I'm not recording full bands anymore. I mean, hey, what what am I going to do with all this software and hardware other than help other people make their dreams an action item instead of a to-do item put on the back burner forever and ever and ever? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of behind-the-scenes stuff, though, uh, and FPC, what's been going on over there? Yes, uh, so all in all, as new features goes, not that much. I've been, I mean, this year has been hard for all of us, I guess. So I haven't really had much motivation to work, um, to add new features there. Um, but I, I I wrote a blog post. I actually built the blog platform and wrote a first blog post, <laughs> as you do as a software developer. There's no way you use pre-built uh, software, of course. Um, that sort of details what I do basically every day. So even though I don't develop new features these days, uh, I have a huge list, of course, of things I want to do eventually. I still do stuff every day, and sort of that, uh, so that part, uh, that uh, blog post basically explains what I do, how people enter their new inks, and then they're sort of almost the same spelling as an ink that's already in the system, and I, as a human, can tell that it's the same ink. And I want to sort of combine those into one entry for the system, but an automated system can't fully do that. It's just too subtle. Like Sailor123, is it the same as whatever random Sailor three-digit number? No, but the system all thought they were all the same because it's sort of for the system, it's the same thing as you make a spelling and get one letter wrong, right? Spelling mistake, yeah. Right. And... Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And then at some point, I actually noticed that uh, that must have been some weeks ago already. We crossed the 100,000 inks mark. So people have actually entered over 100,000 inks into their accounts on FPC, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is actually pretty cool. Pretty nuts and pretty cool at the same time. I do want to ask the the blog, did you at least do the stereotypical first words were hello world? Oh, but I was a, but what I did, I implemented an RSS feed, which probably no one's going to use, but I am a big fan. So (laughs) that's why this feature is there. Good old RSS feeds. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, what has been the, I guess, what has been the number one requested thing now that users are actually reporting errors or reporting features? What's like one of the most most common asked features or questions that you get for FPC? 
So from ever everyone combined or just from Kimberly? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go with both. Let's go with column A and column B. So one of the big features is, of course, that people want to want better search and sorting. So there's a lot of tables. And if you're on the either the public or the private uh, list of inks, there you can already search and sort certain columns. It's a bit different for both of them. So it would be nice to have, have the same thing happen everywhere. Plus the currently inked section and the pen section is just a static HTML page. There's nothing where you can have a table where you can search or sort. And that's sort of one of the big things that's missing for people, I guess. Oh, okay. And what's missing for me, what I would like to do is now that I have a bit more solid data uh, about what inks sort of there are in the system, I would like to sort of make those public ink pages a bit more useful. Maybe I can, I don't know, crawl Mountain of Inks blog and sort of link to all the reviews for all the inks that are in the system. I mean, she has over, I don't know, 1000, whatever. And then there's a few more sites and then we would probably have covered most of the inks that are in the system. So I would like to make use more of that part of the system where people enter the inks and then you want to get more out of out of that thing. Uh, honestly, that one would be pretty high on my list of things I would want to see. I mean, I, I would like to see the cross-reference because there's a couple times when I'm trying to write an ink review and I end up having to go to Mountain of Ink or another site really quick just to see how they described a color. Mm-hmm. Especially with the turquoise teal colors. What color is that supposed to be? There's like 50 <laughs> yes. different shades of teal. Exactly. And I mean, sort of the, the thing that's already there, that's already pretty cool, is that you get basically, depending on the ink you look at, you get all the spellings and sometimes not only the English ones, but also the Japanese and maybe Chinese and stuff like that. So that's already, I mean, it's a bit hidden and not that useful, but I guess there's a lot of that you could do with that data now, if only I had the time. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like you're actually kind of getting back to a normal work schedule now that the, yeah, let, let's not say any of this is normal. This year's been pretty messed up as is. Now that we're in the second lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, at least you can say you're in the second lockdown. I'm, I'm still in a country where we're either in the second wave, third wave, or fifth wave, depending on where you live. Yeah. It's like trying to figure out what era of ska music you're listening to by which version of lockdown you're in at this point. Yes, you'll you'll reach herd immunity before everyone else, right? Yeah, they always say, may you live in interesting times. Um, yeah, I will say, um, <laughs> I will say all of this interestingness actually got me to do something weird for a change. Mm-hmm. And I did a live stream, um, a work stream over on YouTube. That was kind of interesting. I think interesting is really the only word that can describe it because I I was feeling like procrastinating and I went to the old fallback. If you're going to procrastinate, then put your work out in public so other people can force you to get work done. Did you just do one or I I saw that maybe you did more than one already? So what ended up happening is I found out the hard way that I cannot be in. Wow. How is it pronounced? Let me hover over one of my plugins really quick. Info. Wait, about. Okay, yeah. So for my audio interface, it runs on a standard ASIO. And 
OBS, PreSonus Studio One, and Premiere Pro don't like working with each other if you're running an ASIO. You have to switch over to, if you're on a Mac, Core Audio, or if you're on a Windows computer, you've got to switch over to either MME or Wasapi or just Windows Audio in order to get it to run right, and I forgot to do that. So the reason there's two streams is I did the first stream where I'm in Premiere and I'm splicing together the bits of video and writing the script and recording the voiceover all at the same time. And then I did probably half an hour of audio work before I realized that there was no audio as soon as I switched (laughs) over. Yeah, as soon as I switched over to Presonus Studio One, uh, the drivers wouldn't switch over. So OBS lost all the audio. So I cut the stream and told YouTube to just chop off the section from when I started um, messing around in Studio One and started another one. But then on top of that, (laughs) uh, we found out that OBS and Studio One don't like playing with each other when one is set to MME and the other is set to Wasabi. So the first 10 minutes of that one were choppy, and I ended up having to redo the first 10 minutes of the second stream and chopping that off in post. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Better next time. Yeah, pretty much that was the audio engineer equivalent of trying to put HTML in a CSS bracket. Mm -hmm. It just does not work. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was a pretty informative stream. I mean, if you want to see what it's like for somebody that does voiceover reviews to go through the footage after they've filmed it, put a script to it, and make sure the timings are where they need to be, the first live stream is definitely a good one to check out. There are mid-roll ads. Don't don't hate me for that. But they're every half hour. Mm, so you know, you know where they are. They're on the 30-minute mark. Or is it the 20-minute mark? No, it's the 20-minute mark. Yeah, I just checked. Sorry. And if you want to see what goes into the audio for the videos, which I take a look at the equalizers, I take a look at how I use um, the Isotope Ozone 9 Match EQ, that's in the second stream. I actually go in depth of why I master things the way I do. And I could go into more depth. It's just one of those things. I had enough people ask me, hey, what do you do for audio? That it was like, this is what I do for audio. Now leave me alone, please. I probably caught, I don't know, I, I happened upon the podcast when I was uh, upon the stream when I was supposed to start working in the morning. So I was there for a few minutes and then I had to actually leave because otherwise I wouldn't have done anything that day, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. You caught, you, caught the, uh, you caught the stress test stream. I've done two now then, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you saw the one for season's greetings or at least a few minutes of it. I don't even remember what it was about. I think we just talked about a Moonman pen, but it might have been in the context of a review of an ink and not the pen. Yeah, um, that was the one that you saw was last week, and that was the season's greetings, which was done using the Moonman. And then this week was the Moonman itself. I finally got around to reviewing it. That also, the reason I decided to go ahead and do the live streams is... Um, between Apple Boom and Figboot, I've been um, convinced, talked into, forced into, however you want to put it. Well, we'll say gently peer pressured into doing a three favorite pens video for Apple Boom. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to be actually pre-scripting that one this week and actually writing out what I want to do. But I had to get comfortable being in front of camera first. 
Oof, how can you even pick three pens? I mean, you don't have many pens, so maybe you can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, Urban. Um, how Do you can even I... have more than three pens? <laughs> yes, actually, I, I've Four. got nine. <laughs> oh wow, it's already that's a lot for you. Yeah, I, I've got nine pens. So the first one, obviously, the M six hundred. I mean, anytime you get a gift from somebody who's been following your work since you got drunk with eight people on a podcast, <laughs> that that means a yes. lot. Yeah. The second one is the Graf von Faber-Castell, the classic. Yeah. And then the third one is the uh, Pilot 845. Mm-hmm. And the reasons for all of those, well, you'll just have to watch the video when it comes out. The only bad part about that is I had to spend three hours yesterday listening to music on YouTube Creative Commons to try to figure out what music I wanted for the backing track because Apple Boom and I do not use the same audio service, and I didn't want my video to get them a copyright strike. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you go into YouTube and you go into the back end for creators and type in reggae, the music it pulls up is not reggae. <laughs> it's like electro synth pop. And you had to listen to it all. Yeah, it took 45 different tracks before I finally found two that were halfway decent. Mm-hmm. It was it was bad. It was it was really bad. Um, enough about enough about YouTube and live streams, though. Um, what have you been doing with gold nibs and Chinese pens, my friend? Yeah, so I I haven't been buying pens for a while now. Instead, I've put gold nibs mostly from uh, Japanese pens into my Chinese pens, which was fun. For example, I think the best is, uh, so that is the fault of CY and Jacob of uh, the Tokyo Inklings podcast. They mentioned that uh, Platinum 3776 nibs fit into Moonman nib units. And of course, I had to give that a try because I have this boring black with gold trim Platinum with a broad nib. And now I have a Moonman C1 with a broad gold nib which is just, it's an eyedropper, so it's just super juicy and you have a broad nib, so that is super, super great. Especially when you try to use up ink samples and you can just pour in the whole thing into the pen and you're done with it. Now I want to get a cheap 3776 to go ahead and put the nib in the T1. Yes, that of course works too because it's the same nib unit. Exactly. Um, and you can also fit, um, uh, Bok nibs fit also pretty nicely. Into that the is just pens. weird. Uh, Jovo nibs fit, but I've sort of had inconsistent flow with them, but that works too. <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is if you've got a nib that needs a home, just pick up a Chinese pen and toss it in and I mean, you'll probably what, have success. What I'm saying is just try it out and see if it works or doesn't. I mean, most of the time it will. <laughs> you heard it here, people. Urban says, uh, swap nibs everywhere. Every pen doesn't matter what. Yes. Be, ir- exactly. be irresponsible with your nib swapping. Yes. Uh, the second one is a Sailor 21K music nib in a pen VBS pen. That also works beautifully. <laughs> really? Yes. Um, especially as so the Moonman, uh, the pen VBS pens, they're a bit shorter than standard Bok or Jovo nibs. Um, so oftentimes you can't fit in those into the pen VBS pens because they just hit the inner, so the inside of the cap and then. That's just, I guess, a bent nib isn't fun. <laughs> but the Sailor nibs, they're, I mean, they're a tiny bit loose, 
but they sort of fit a bit further back and it, they just fit into any pen BBS pen, which is super cool. So which, okay, so it's the music nib. Is that is that the music nib off of the uh, Sailor that was given to you that you've yes. gotten that pen BBS? Yeah. Now, yes. how how is the flow on that one? Uh, currently, the flow isn't that good, but that's the ink <laughs> and not the not the pen. Which, which ink are we? Which ink are we saying is at fault? Colorverse, whatever gray. Uh, Colorverse matter. Ah, okay. That's yeah. Not that. I mean, I'm just super picky anyway with flow on in and I've noticed orange inks are rarely fun for me because they're just a tiny bit too. Uh, to dry for me and yeah that one also isn't that nice so maybe it's fine for other people but not for me <laughs> i actually uh, i found with a new orange ink that i really kind of like that i've got to be very picky about what pen i put it in and i hope this came across on the review if it didn't i apologize to everyone that watches it but the robert oster um antelope canyon video mm -hmm. that pen um when I did the review, the pen I had it in, it was fine. It wasn't hard starting or anything. But I went ahead and put it in the M600. And out of a pen that's set to write drier to begin with, that ink does not get along with that pen at all. Yeah, I have the same issue with uh, Robert Oster Orange Zest. It just, it hard starts in a nib that normally writes just fine. It doesn't, normally doesn't hard start, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Brad, you're, you're, Favorite color is not good for the pens I like to write with. Or orange is an okay color, just not for me. Yeah. I mean, the best orange I've I've used in that regard is uh, Diamond Pumpkin. Uh, but that's a bit of a boring, flat orange. It, there's no sheen, there's no shading, nothing. But at least it writes fairly wet and doesn't <laughs> feather on basically anything, which is cool. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, Can't have it all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, quick question. Um, now that you've had this uh, this last pairing together for quite a while, what do you think of it? The uh, the Eversharp inside the uh, Moonman F9. That needs to uh, be sent to Annabelle for a tune-up because that nib comes from a pen that someone sent me uh, and the one time what was bent out of shape horribly and I tried to bend it back and it is sort of fine but it still hard starts and it's not perfect and I'm just not good enough at fixing that stuff so I when it works it's great but it hard starts quite a lot because at, I think the tines press together too much at this point so eventually I just need it need to send it out to someone to really fix it and before people get any ideas, no, I did not give Urban that nib. No, it was someone from the UK who had two pens from, I think, their grandmother. And he said, hey, you're into pens. I don't know what to do with them. And he sent them to me. And the sacks were, of course, all crumbled up. And the nib on this one was bent. And the nib in the other one is stuck. And I can't get it out, I think. So. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, speaking of people that are like, oh, I've got pens. Uh, do you want a pen? Do you want a pen? The person that actually helped me acquire the uh, GVFC Classic, he may or may not be pen pressuring me into a Custom Heritage 92 with a very juicy broad nib. Oh, juicy broad is nice. Uh, the price tag on it is nice. That too, I guess. Helps. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're you're a jerk. You're a nice jerk. You're you're an awesome <laughs> person. But um, um, I need money for more cameras. Yes, always more cameras and pens. Yes, which uh, oh, next podcast we're going to be able to talk about the uh, Sailor 1911 Loch Ness. I do agree with uh, Brad and Mike on the pen. Why is there a North American special edition that's named after a lake in Scotland? Um, mainly because. Um, well, okay. I would, I would go out on a limb and I am probably massively wrong on this and I'm okay with being massively wrong on this, but, um, we generate enough tourism dollars for the great island of Great Britain that they can give us this one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Especially now that they're leaving the EU and they're sort of cutting themselves off of the rest of us. Exactly. So we're going to have to keep them afloat while they figure out that going back to the EU is probably a good thing. Yes. You mean Scotland. Yeah, they might come back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, Scotland, this would be what the third referendum that they've done in the the next in the last decade if they do a third one to try to break back into the EU. Yes, the first referendum in Scotland, then the Brexit thing, and then now they want to do one, but they can't basically because... Uh, the government in London has to say yes to that, and they probably won't. I don't know. Who knows? This this is why I don't do political commentary, because trying to wrap my head around that, I just don't even want to try. <laughs> plus, plus, of course, Scotland doesn't have basically the economy, right? They're subsidized by by the southern part of the UK, as far as I know, with quite a lot of money. And I'm not sure it even makes sense in that regard. For them to even leave the UK. Well, I mean, that would be like North Dakota trying to break off from the rest of the United States. It's a novel idea, and I'm pretty sure the rest of the United States wouldn't miss North Dakota, but it they couldn't do it. They couldn't survive without the rest of the country. I mean, Texas could probably get away with it because they've got enough infrastructure, but yeah, not North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I... I I think that it's okay for us to have Loch Ness. Um, just, just let us have that. You guys can have the Sailor 1911 Bigfoot edition. Yes, sounds good. Yeah, the Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone from Sailor is listening, please make a Sasquatch edition that is literally Great Britain release only. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm not even sure there's, there's Sailor Europe or UK. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, Wancher could do that because they they do all the uh, special editions. Yeah, they could do that. That'd be awesome. That's true. Back to Chinese pens, though, mm-hmm. um, and and Moon Men in general. Uh, I found my 580 ALR replacement. The T one, nice. Yeah, um, I did get the aluminum, mm-hmm. so it is in. I mean, are we going to call that teal? I don't know. I. Don't, I mean, it's so hard to say when you only see it. I mean, I have the brass version, so I don't even know what the actual color of the that one is. It's so hard to tell when you've only seen it on the internet. It, it really is. I mean, when I compare it side by side to other um, sample cards of Prussian blue paint, it looks like a couple shades of Prussian blue. But then I hold it up next to a couple color cards of teal, and it looks teal. Then I hold it up to some color cards of aqua. And it looks aqua. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, the, the the colors between blue and green, they are super difficult anyway, right? Because everyone 
thinks of them differently. I guess that's what happens when it happens to be the favorite color of the majority of the world. And don't quote me on that. I don't have solid numbers. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, going back to the pen, I, I really like the color. Teal, Prussian blue, whatever. It, it's a nice blue aluminum pen. And the grip section is what I really would have preferred out of the Twisby 580. Yeah, it's super comfortable. That's true, yeah. It really is. I mean, Twisby needs to take one from Moonman's book there and make the ALRs to where the texturing on the section feels like that. Because they're not smooth. They still have texture to them. But okay. the way Moonman did the texturing is a lot more comfortable than on the 580 ALR. Yeah, I mean, I have the brass one, so that is sort of lacquered. That's a bit different, but it's still not really like a metal pen where you sort of, where it's super th smooth and you can't really grip it. I did have one person comment. Oh, what was that comment? It was, it was rather long. Dude, why do you press so hard? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That, that guy just got banned. We'll, we'll circle back to the ban hammer in a second. But okay, I'm, I'm okay with people disagreeing with me. I, I do a review channel. That's part of it. Um, this guy was like, I really don't like the T1. The grip was too slippery and the fine nib was more like a medium. He's right about that. The grip, if you're not used to gripping a metal pen, is slippery. And yes, that is a juicy fine nib. I think I even pointed out in the video, it writes like a medium. Yeah, I mean, that's also what, what CY said on, on their podcast, that the feeds form of the Moonman pens. They're super juicy. And that's why it's so great to put in a broad uh, platinum nib in it, because then it's a super juicy. I mean, it's still a Japanese broad, so not that broad, but it's still mm. super cool. Yeah. And I mean, and the rest of his points were actually kind of on point here, too. But they also apply to a couple of Twisbees I've had. Uh, the plastic. Uh, yeah. Also, the plastic cracked in the screw for the piston mechanism. It's also not at all easily disassembled and very difficult to clean out. Twisby Eco is a much better buy with better nibs. Okay. Actually, I, will I, give think, him I think this is actually pretty cool to pretty nice to clean out. If you t if you take out the nib section, there's a huge hole in there, right? It's exactly. basically the whole uh, grip section almost. It's much, much bigger than a Twisby. If you treat it exactly like a Twisby, then yes, it's going to be a pain in the butt to clean out. But if you treat it like any other pen that has a replaceable feed unit. Yeah, like a Pelican. Exactly. It is the easiest pen to clean out because you can just take out the entire nib unit, disassemble the nib unit, which takes no time whatsoever, wash the parts individually, which once again takes about five to ten seconds, and then literally just hold the barrel under a faucet and tilt it over. Yeah, that's true. The hole is so big, yeah. Exactly. Use a Q-tip if you need to to get into the threads. But other than that, I mean, but kind of circling back to what you said, I'm OK with comments like that. That guy obviously had a bad Moon Man experience. He also likes Ecos. But in the video, I wasn't comparing the T1 to the Eco. I was comparing the T1 to the 580. And the thing he said about cracked plastic, how many times did you and I both hear on the pen attic about people's <laughs> 580s? <laughs> Right. People's 580s cracking. So if you're going to go off of that, yeah. Um, but I think it's a good pen. I think it's my 580 replacement. I like it. Uh, also, I've got the video up on YouTube. Go watch it. If you disagree with me, I want to see your comments. Tell me why you disagree. That guy's comment was perfect. Like, if you dislike a video, put a comment like that. Let me know why. That, that stuff is cool. Um, mm, I'm currently smelling my 580. It has a had a KWZ ink in it. It mm. still smells like vanilla. <laughs> Ooh. Which KWZ? Uh, I think gummy berry. Man, now I want to order a five-pound bag of gummy bears. You're evil. 
<laughs> it's a cool, it's also a pretty nice purple ink. I might, may need to get a bottle of it. I had a sample only. I mean, it was a generous sample, probably 15 milliliters, but I might still need to. Um, this, this actually leads into another comment that I got recently. Actually, it was on the Prussian Blue video. Holy crap. <laughs> um, this guy comments, you should put those disclaimers about not drinking the ink towards the front. I saw your video and was looking for a refreshing beverage, but there was none in sight. However, I did have some Diamine Red Dragon nearby. Let's just say it tastes nothing like dragons. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I've... I'm not sure that's on you. Well, I mean, it could be. I I did drink ink more than once on BYOB. History. Man, speaking of all those comments, I should probably do another one of those uh, questions, comments, and coffee videos. I've been threatening to do a second one for a while. That's yes. just a lot of work. Yeah. Maybe you could instead do it as a live stream? Uh, there is that potential, yes. there There is definitely that potential. Although I liked the way I lit the questions, comments, and coffee a lot better than the live stream. I mean, that's on you that it has to be perfect, right? Well, I mean, it, it is me, <laughs> so it has to be perfect. Yeah, that's also true. I'm not trying to half-ass this, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not like me and my podcast. But then you're you're doing the editing, so it's better than it was before already. <laughs> Hey, look at it this way. You're the the other podcast is a uh, public service to help make me understand what it's like to be a programmer. I don't understand you guys. At least this way, now I'm actually starting to understand you. <laughs> before I have to go to work and before you get uh too far into your mold wine. Oh, um, it's already empty. So Oh god. Before you get a refill. <laughs> um we we uh we're running short on listener questions. So listeners, please questions you can either send them to ask to gop at gmail.com or you can message either of us on instagram or wherever you can find instagram us. twitter um youtube comments fpc like seriously you could use the feedback thing there give us more questions we like these uh this one came from carissa um we're gonna choose a palette of five inks for the other person oh that's difficult really it, yes you start. <laughs> oh, crap. I was hoping you would start. <laughs> I mean, it's difficult for me because um, I, I, you've got so many inks, so I don't know what you have already tried and what you haven't already tried. So what are the rules? Just from the inks you have or from anything you haven't tried yet or just in general? Well, anything goes. I would say from all the inks that you are aware of, a palette of five inks that you think the other person would actually get some enjoyment from. So I can't pick Pelican Turquoise for you because you already like it. Well, no, I mean, you could pick Pelican Turquoise. Like, I could pick... Uh, Pelican Turquoise. <laughs> I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a good one. I mean, that that is definitely good. So I guess that's one for each of us would be Pelican Turquoise. Maybe we sort of go... One each. Go right? one on one. Yes, that's yeah. probably better. Okay, yeah. So we'll put we'll put uh, Pelican Turquoise uh, at the top for each of us. That'll work. Um, my second pick for you, just because you've got that musician background to you, I would do the Diamond Guitar Honey Burst. That's sort of the yellow brown mm -hmm. KWZ honey similar color one, right? 
kind kind of yeah, but it comes out uh, a little bit darker on the paper. So if you've ever if you've ever seen a, a honey starburst pattern on a guitar, mm-hmm. it actually mimics that that color fade pretty well. Um, my dad actually had an Ibanez AR30 that had that exact same burst pattern to it, and it was a beautiful guitar. Till I knocked it off the guitar stand, and he had to have it repainted. I was four years old. I didn't know the guitar was expensive. Okay, then then it's on him if you were four years old. Yeah, he didn't. He shouldn't have had it out on the guitar stand around the four year old. Come on, but yeah. Uh, so honey burst definitely for you. Okay, all right. Let's continue with German exclusive diamine inks. Then I would maybe choose uh, smoke on the water because it's like it's a dark teal, I would say, but it's still a teal. So that always mm. goes goes well for you, I guess. Okay. Um knowing your affections towards green, I would I would say Robert Oster Green at Night would be my third pick for you. Cuz you like having juicy writing pens and Green at Night, if you put it in a juicy enough pen, has that nice fade into just a dark forest green mixed with black. And then it has just a small hint of sheen to it at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, a small hint of sheen is better than a lot of sheen. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's a nice moody green. Uh-huh. Yes. Not bad, not bad. Hmm. What do I pick next? Uh, Graf von Faber-Castell Carbon Black. Because you like that pilot black. And that's also a pretty... I find it to be a pretty wet black and also super dark. And it's just very, very nice to write with. It's it's a wet ink and it's just, I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. I I do need to take a look at more black inks. So uh, at some point I'll probably need to pick that up and take a look at it. Um, Man, number, number three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was three for each. Number four is kind of a troll, is kind of a troll on you. Because I want to get you away from Rohrer and Klingner. Uh, I would say number four would be uh, Tasia Uguisu. <laughs> yeah. I should ink um, it up again, shouldn't I? You you really should. Um, if you're going to write with an ink that kind of reminds me of pea soup, then at least write with Uguisu because it's a much more subtle, simpler green than Alt Goldgrun. And... I, I just I just don't like old gold green, so I, I I would pick a goisu any day of the week. Which wait, didn't I give you that bottle? Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, because I, I I keep going. I should probably ink up a goisu, and then I look over at my collection and I'm like, I don't have that ink anymore. Where did it go? Oh yeah, it went to Urban. I'll have to buy a new bottle. <laughs> well, at least you can find them in the U.S., right? They're just exactly. super hard to find here. I'm not sure, even sure you can. I don't think so. Really? No. That, that's crazy. Huh. Yeah, I'm sitting here with it in my shopping cart right now. Oh, nice. Okay, number four for me is Lamy Barrel. So it's one of those crystal links. It's a pink and it has a sheen and it's also super wet. And I think it's just different enough that you might might even enjoy it. It's just too... I don't think it's it's an, something you would pick yourself, but I think you could enjoy it. Really? You're you're gonna put a pink you're gonna put a pink ink on me. Yeah. Okay. Intriguing. So so 
what part about the pink ink do you think would actually uh like what what part of my personality are you are you feeding towards here i don't know i just like it okay i mean it's I not mean, really pink it's maybe i don't know how do you call it is that uh magenta so it's magenta purple so not not a really bright pink it's goes more towards purple and it oh, has a gold okay. sheen so it's it's not dark lilac because it's just much too bright but it has sort of the sheen is sort of, of a similar color so and it's also super wet just the fact that it has a gold sheen to it actually kind of makes it interesting so you see <laughs> i came uh, up with a explanation on the fly see there there you go just <laughs> just wing it when in doubt wing it I, I can't find the uh, the ink. Um, yeah, just let, should I send you the link? It's on Mountain of Ink, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, because I also just recently bought uh, one of the Lummy Crystal inks uh, that's going to be reviewed here on the channel soon. Um, I just can't remember which one it was that I ordered. Uh, I could always go to my order history. That would That would make sense. Maybe you could. Well, I'm also trying to remember where I ordered it from because 2020 <laughs> was the year of uh, Amazon shopping cart purchases. Uh, oh yeah, I got Peridot. That's that's the one I picked up. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm picking another ink for you. Uh, this is number five, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, just because I need practice saying it, and I think it's actually a really interesting color that you might like. Uh, Ferris Wheel Press, Lach Moran and Shant. What? <laughs> can, can you send me a link? I'm not even sure I can spell it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I got it wrong because uh, Ferris Wheel Press, I think, is from the French-speaking part of Canada. I mean, Canada. <laughs> Canada, sure. Yeah. Uh, so is it Enchant or is it Enchanté? I, I don't know how to say it. And I've got to figure out how to say it before I review it because I'll look like a complete jerk. Uh, now that's bluegrass velvet. Which, which ink collection is it? Uh, it's not in the trio. I think it was in the summer 2020 editions. Let me check. I mean, I could go with the English translation of it, but that, that just seems too, uh, easy. Here you go. It's in, it's in TeamSpeak. What was the name? So right after the, right after the pea soup green. Lac Morin Enchanté. There you go. Yes. Can you record yourself saying that uh, uh, like three or four times so I can just listen to it? Because you have this accent on the last letter of the Enchanté, you have to pronounce that. That's important to remember. Oh, okay. So the accent means that unlike the rest of what you say there, you actually have to put yeah. that in. Like the Moren, you basically don't speak the E because there's no accent on it. And Lac is just... Right. Okay. Because I, I keep trying to slip in my Scottish and, and turn it into a monster. Okay. So no monster, no E on the Moran. And then. Moren. The X. Moraine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> de Okify. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be painful. Um, we're going <laughs> to work on this before I do this review. Yes, okay. Uh, and then make sure to pronounce because it has an accent and that means you have to do all the things. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pronunciation. Ah, I think that one is a bit too green for me. The next one, the Le Bayou Bleu sound is, is better, would be better for um, me. Um, 
I will say, man, the the color sample that they've got on their website doesn't do that ink justice. That's okay. why I think it would be perfect for you. Okay. Yeah, it, it writes a lot better than it looks on their website. Yeah, I mean, the, the picture with the ink bottle looks much better already than the, the swatch there. I mean, so I, I think that would be a good fifth ink for you. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of ink in there, so... Okay, and now it's my turn. Ah, I did remember. I had an idea and then I talked to you and I forgot. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> so how are you doing, everybody? Urban's taking a look at inks to see what he wants to give me for the fifth ink. What would you do if you were picking five inks for us? I'm actually kind of curious. Uh-oh, I hear things going on in the background. Yes, I'm looking at my drawers with the inks. And I don't remember what I picked, so I'll pick something else. So I'm picking another Diamine ink. Uh, that's one of the not-so-hot-and-crazy uh, colors. <laughs> like, no sheen, probably not a lot of shading, but it's still a nice ink, I think. Uh, it's called Diamine Damson. It's a uh, grayish-purple. Um, I like the color, and it is also super wet. So it's very pleasant to write with again. And and personally, I find that's almost as important as the color. Probably more important than the color, actually. That it's fun to write with and doesn't hard start and isn't dry. And it's sort of a nice mix of purple, but also sort of not too gray to be to be a weird color. I don't know, it's hard to explain better. Really? Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see if it's something I can easily p pick up here. It's Diamond, probably. It's. Uh, what was the name one more time? Damson. Damson. Posted a link, of course, to Mountain of Ink. <laughs> uh, of course. Ink number 1,119. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if, um... I'm trying to see if uh, Vaness has it. You know, I, I had everything sorted alphabetically, and it's not sorting alphabetically. Oh, 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 wow. Yeah, you're right. That is gray with just the right amount of purple overtones. Yeah, so they got that one right. And unlike uh, Diamine Salamander, which is sort of the green equivalent and this is just i don't know someone i don't know use the color you find in mud with i don't know green a few green leaves <laughs> mixed into it and it's just a horrible color at least to me but yeah that one is pretty nice well i will say i like the color the one thing that i don't like though in the description on vanessa it does say it dries in 40 seconds in a medium nib on rhodia no if I use Onrodia with a Sailor Zoom nib, 20 seconds maybe, it dries, actually dries super quick for a Zoom nib. I don't, I don't believe that. You know, it's, it's $15 for the bottle. I think next ink run I do, because I've, I've got like eight inks waiting to be reviewed. I'm actually going to put that to the test. 40 seconds seems a little, for a non-sheener, 40 seconds just seems a little excessive on a dry time. Yeah. I think so. Actually, where did Mountain of Ink had it drying? Dry time, 40 seconds. Maybe that's where Vanessa got it from. 
Wow. That's weird. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um definitely fair enough. So I'm 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 gonna have to give it a try. I, I wanna put that to the test and see. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm just doing stuff weird. But yeah, uh so that that's five inks for each other. I actually can't remember the five inks that I chose for you. Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, it, it was one of those we were kind of making it up on the fly, and I don't think either of us actually wrote down what we were choosing as we chose them. No, not really. Apart from Pelican Turquoise, of course. Yeah, Pelican oh, Pelican Turquoise, Honey Burst, uh Ugoisu, Ink I can't pronounce, and yes. I forgot the fifth. But that was the fifth, the Ferris wheel, wasn't it? Yeah, the fifth was the Ferris wheel. Something in between. See, people, this this is why you write stuff down. Use your fountain pen. <laughs> no, this is why you edit this out afterwards. I, I, I probably should edit this out, but I have a strange feeling it'll at least make the Patreon cut. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you want to uh, hear the whole, everything we talk about, not just the sanitized parts uh, you get on the live, on the actual public feed, you should become a patron of Yevgeny's Patreon and then you can hear it all. It's definitely the best way to help support the stuff I do. You get the YouTube videos 12 to 24 hours before everyone else. That way you can tell me if I did something wrong, which has happened once or twice. And then you do get uncut episodes of Two Guys Zero Planners. You also get to be one of the evil voices telling me of things that I should probably try and or do. So, Urban, uh, where can people find you if they want to find you? If they want to find me, they can uh, find me on FPC, of course, as user number one. Uh, they can also, of course, find me on Instagram as Urban Hafner. And then if you like FPC, then, of course, you can also support that via Patreon. If you want to write me an actual snail mail letter, then we also have my P.O. box in the, the show notes. And if you want to find me, um, just go to Yevgeny.com and it links out to everything else, as well as the Expanding Beyond podcast where you can also find Urban. Yes. We will see y'all next year. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>